0: I'm Arjoban from San Bassi, and happy Thanksgiving. This is the Rorschach, Georgia update from the 23rd of November, 2023. Quick summary of what's going down in Georgia. On Saturday the 18th, police arrested 13 protesters in Tbilisi as they tried to set up tents They came down from Racha, demanding the cancellation of a 49-year forestry license given to David Khidasheli, a Russian-based businessman, without public consultation. The land for hunting transferred to Khidasheli Borders, Russia, and occupied Valley region. According to the reports, Khidasheli won the license auction in March, paying over 1.1 million lari, about 400,000 U.S. dollars, for over 100,000 hectares, or over a billion square meters of land. Georgian Young Lawyers Association, a local watchdog group, issued a statement about the executive's excessive restriction on the freedom of assembly, arguing that the protesters had the right to set up tents. Watchdog group also criticized the detention of a journalist from online outlet Mwatshebeli. On Monday the 20th, according to Sybil.ge, a UN Association of Georgian news project, the police released the detainees. On to elections, the debate regarding reducing the parliamentary electoral threshold from 5 to 2% intensified last week. For those who don't know, this coming 26th of October, Georgia will have a fully proportional election. So each voter will vote for just one party. The candidates will be from a list and can be from anywhere. Parties that get over 5% will get into Parliament in proportion to the percentage they get. is an unusually high threshold. Almost no countries in the world that have proportional elections have a threshold as high as 5%. The Georgian Dream Party, or Otsneba is against the move to lower the threshold because they hope that the majority of Georgians who will vote against them will vote for parties that will not pass that extremely high threshold. In April 2021, discussions About a 2% threshold began, but Otsneba ended them in August 2021 when it unilaterally abandoned the EU agreement with Charles Michel, which aimed to solve depolarization. That agreement mentioned the much more normal 2% threshold. In January 2022, Otsneba said that they would set a 2% threshold if the country received EU candidate status in December. However, the ruling party has now halted the discussions of lowering the threshold, dismissing them as the subjective agenda of small parties. Idakli Kobachidze, chairman of Otsneba, said that the party promised to support a 2% threshold if the country received EU candidate status. EU doesn't really operate that way, but, you know, Kobachidze can dream. That's a good segue into deoligarchization. On Wednesday, the twenty-second, the government released the deoligarchization action plan, which addressed everything but deoligarchization. The plan covers seven key areas, including the fight against corruption, judiciary reform, anti-money laundering efforts, among others. The document addresses deoligarchization by targeting excessive vested interests in economic, political, and public spheres. All in general. The plan also mentions banning election donations by legal entities, further reduction of the upper limits of expenses for each party, and the publication of expense reports of political parties. There's plenty in the plan that is worth discussing, but it doesn't say anything about what is meant by de-oligarchization, which is about the fact that Bidzina Ivanishvili personally controls the ruling party, and therefore the government of Georgia and all of its resources. On Wednesday the 15th, the International Republic Institute, or IRI, published a public opinion poll. According to the survey, 86% of respondents are in favor of EU membership. Moreover, 55% of participants said they would support it even if it meant cutting trade ties with Russia. 79% want Georgia to be a part of NATO. On Monday, the 20th, Radio Liberty, an international media outlet, published an article on Russian counter-propaganda office in Tbilisi. According to the piece, Russian immigrants in Georgia and Lithuania, known as ELVES, run a factory that produces around 200 posts and comments daily on Vkontakte, a Russian social network. Their goal is to counter Russian propaganda, advocating for the withdrawal of Russian troops from Ukraine. Russian organizations like the Fighting Corruption Foundation and Free Russia reportedly manage the operation, allegedly costing about four million U.S. dollars annually. The elves are associated with the Free Russia Foundation and aim to counter Russian propaganda and present facts that people in Russia don't see otherwise. On Tuesday, the 21st, nearly 50 wine-growing farmers from all municipalities of Cajeti held a demonstration in the village of Sinandali. Protesters demanded compensation from the company that purchased their produce. Participants said they gave Saperabi grapes to the company in August and September. The company was supposed to pay them within 20 days of submission, but after the 1st of October, the company representatives are hiding and stopped answering the farmers' calls. Protesters said the company has to pay over 2.3 million ladi, which is about $850,000 U.S. for 1,700 tons of grapes. On Monday the 20th, Aslan Bzhania, the president of Abkhazia, enforced stringent restrictions on international non-governmental organizations and international organizations that operate in the region. These restrictions mandate that NGOs provide a comprehensive list of locally-based civil society partners, their registration documents, details of implemented measures, including financial information, information of local recipients. In addition, these NGOs must inform in advance about their activities, non-governmental partners, any projected changes to their program. Furthermore, they have to submit quarterly reports on the program's progress. Inal Arzimba, former Kremlin employee who's in charge of foreign relations in the occupied region, has been advocating for stricter regulations of NGOs for a long time. Almost all of this is lifted from Russia's foreign agents law that Otsneba tried to pass in Georgia in March, but failed due to a very successful public demonstrations. On Monday, the 20th Prime Minister, Irakli Khadabashvili, instructed the Minister of Justice to develop an amnesty project for individuals who have built residences without proper construction documentation on their land. The decision aims to eliminate the practice of illegal home building and simplify the legalization process for citizens who own houses without proper documentation in villages or city. The amnesty will benefit approximately one million citizens, according to the government. People who built their homes without permits would not be subject to lawsuits from the state. Plus, the Ministry of Justice will register their homes without long legal procedures. This will pertain to all the illegally built homes until the 1st of January, 2024. Keep in mind that many of these buildings are extremely unsafe, use public land, and have been built by Otsneba members and leaders. On Thursday, the 23rd, Orthodox Christians celebrate St. George Day, or Giorgoba. St. George is a well-known figure among Christian martyrs, considered a guardian and a protector. According to some historical records, St. George was appeared amidst Georgian soldiers during wartime. Also, the state emblem of Georgia features St. George riding a horse and slaying a dragon. On Friday the 17th, in a meeting of a Georgian commission, they approved the plan for establishing a Georgian cultural center near the Jordan River. The royal family of Jordan had handed over a plot of land for this purpose last year. The chair of the commission, Prime Minister Yedakli Khadabashvili, and representatives of various ministries, the head of the government administration, deputy minister of foreign affairs, and religious authorities attended the meeting. The proposed center will be built on a 4,000 square meter plot of land near the baptism site of Jesus Christ. And finally, according to a document from the Georgian Ministry of Finance, Georgia Faces 11 international arbitration disputes, including three appeals over a potential disputed amount of 3.3 billion US dollars, or 12% of Georgia's GDP, in 2022. The dispute over the deepwater port of Anaklia accounts for a significant share of the amount, completed disputes against the state of Georgia in international arbitration have seen two victories for the country, one partial victory and one defeat. Government set aside funds to cover possible lost cases with payouts of 3.6 million Lottie or 1.3 million U.S. dollars in 2019 to almost 8 million Lottie or 3 million U.S. dollars. In the first nine months of 2023 that's it for this week go ahead and tell your friends about us thank you very much for this on this thanksgiving day remember you could also help us financially by making a donation in the link in the show notes we'd appreciate it